Welcome to this BGSM podcast. This is part two of the podcast with uh, Professor Gino Kerkhoffs, who is Professor of Orthopedics at the Faculty of Medicine of the University of Amsterdam. Welcome. Glad to have you back, Gino. Thank you. Gino, you have contributed to the Munich Consensus Statement on uh, muscle injuries. Why is this statement important, um, do you think, for, for sports medicine physicians and orthopedic surgeons? I think it's a very important question. I think it's important to, to uh, speak the same language. I think, uh, first of all, I would say thanks to the Munich School that did uh, lots of great work on uh, muscle injuries for the last 30 years. And uh, I think what we could learn from them is that they take uh, very good care of their patients. They uh, comfort the patients, listen very carefully, and then they take a lot of time to do a very good physical examination. And then the rest of uh, the diagnostic tools uh, come into play. So that's a good basic for trying to speak the same language. And that is what you can find in the state, in, 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 the, in, in the Munich statement as, well, uh, statement as well, that there's a lot of eye for detail. The idea behind it was that um, treating the same patient uh, sometimes over a distance, it would be important for the different uh, team doctors and sports medicine physicians to speak the same language. So we did this uh, survey or actually a questionnaire amongst uh, team physicians and uh, scientists in the field, uh, all international players, and we only differed on the word strain that amongst, I think, 18 uh, people filling in a questionnaire, there was uh, six different definitions of the word strain. What is so, uh, it's just a simple thing, you know? Yeah, just, just a muscle strain. strain, you mean, yes. So there were really great uh, discrepancies there between Australia, uh, the Netherlands, Germany, and the UK uh, on, on a very simple thing already. And then we thought, okay, let's uh, get together and try to make a consensus here. What do we think is important? And uh, I think in the in the statement, what I like about the statement, and that is that is a it's a first uh, approach to uh, to try to to speak the same language based on the complaints, injury mechanism, and uh, findings at physical examination in the first place. So that is a big part in the, in the consensus statement, I feel, and, in, and, and also in the Munich School. And then there's also room for uh, findings of MRI, and that makes it uh, a little bit more complete. Although uh, I agree with the, criti uh, with the critics that say, okay, it's a nice first step, but now it needs uh, the evidence to back it up. And I think uh, the group, uh, together with Jan Ekstrom, has started that already. And yeah, we'll look forward to these results to see if it sticks uh, with the rest of the world as well, and not just with the little group that we are now. Yeah, okay. And you, you have a, a great interest in evidence-based medicine. What would your main recommendations be for the sports medicine physicians in the Netherlands or all over the world? Sports medicine physicians in the Netherlands are uh, not only great colleagues and uh, some of them great friends, but have uh, a good level of a uh, very high level, I think, of, of, of uh, practice that, they, uh, that they, they do. And they are very evidence-based already. What I would say is what is being a good doctor is... Uh, placing evidence-based medicine in your uh, field of expertise and knowing 
all the evidence that is out there is at least a first step for a young doctor or for a, a sports medicine physician uh, or a doctor of any kind to start your practice. I think the least that a patient can want from you is that you know what is out there and what would be possibly best. That being the first step of being this uh, good sports medicine physician, the second step would be uh, to listen to the patient, ask him or her what she wants at this particular point in time with this injury and uh, what she expects from you. And then starting from that, uh, get all the details about the injury mechanism and uh, the patient history and all the stuff together before you start palpating and uh, moving the joints and doing a very careful physical examination. I would say in 95% of the cases, after asking these questions and having uh, the patient physical examination done, you should have the diagnosis. And then uh, you have the extra options of an MRI or an ultrasound uh, first to visualize what you've already had in your head for the patient and yourself and go from 99 to 100% uh, security. Sometimes you have a differential diagnosis and it helps you pick one of these two or three and make it sure from them. And in seldom cases, but it still happens, is that you weren't really sure what was there and the MRI gave you the solution. So then you have this big field of uh, options to make a very good diagnosis and then you had the evidence already for these uh, different options so then you just pick what is best for the patient at that point in time and explain okay the evidence is this you want that so what is best at this point in time and could well be that it differs from one week to the other what you choose Depending on your patient. Depending on the patient, I would say. I'm a very yeah. uh, patient-orientated. Yeah. Yes, I noticed that when I come to see you with one of my athletes, that you actually read up on them before you see them. Why is that? Just to have uh, an idea of what could uh, be in their heads and what could be a good option for them. Sometimes you make the mistake that you think you know what is the best for them. Just better to ask them first and then think along the same lines a little bit don't forget your own experience and in life as well as as, as being a doctor and then uh, try to choose the best option but normally there's not one best option but there are a few and mm -hmm. then uh, yeah i think evidence-based uh, helps you to uh, reduce the mistakes mm -hmm. to really reduce to make the real bad decision mm -hmm. based on just a hunch you should rule that out with all the evidence base you have. And then you know from evidence, and uh, some of us write guidelines, other read guidelines, both are good. But you know that not a single patient fits really into the guideline. And if we say, well, it takes about six weeks to, to return to sports, then nobody returns after uh, 42 days. It's, a, it's all medium values and based on just uh, some athletes that are not exactly the same but resemble it a little bit. Yeah. So I don't want to reduce the effect of evidence base. I think it's very good to know everything and it's very important, especially for the younger doctors. Also for the older doctors not to forget what's out there, um, but then realize that it's not the only thing. You aim to develop a center of expertise for the advancement of care uh, for injured athletes. Can you tell us a little bit what this center should look like and what steps you've taken so far and what additional steps you, you plan to take to make the center happen? I think that the dream is to have uh, this tower of sports medicine uh, or tower of motion where uh, athletes and uh, 
people who participate in sports uh, come to ask uh, about methods to prevent injuries or to get the best treatment for the injuries or to have the best secondary prevention or just go into work in sports medicine or work in orthopedics and, and stuff. This is this uh, holy grail thing that feels like it's a golden place with all happy people and butterflies uh, and, uh, flying around. Everybody knows that motion, if you're in motion, you're happy. Uh, most of the athletes and people involved in sports and, uh, and on the other side in sports medicine, they know that if you're uh, active in life and you have good motion, then you probably, uh, for, for every uh, system in the body, it's, it's, it's good. The only system that suffers sometimes is the musculoskeletal system mm-hmm. uh, because you have these uh, sudden, very uh, uh, eye-catching injuries that make big fractures or relaxation of joints or uh, ACLs that, uh, that uh, get ruptured when you're watching television and uh, you see on the screen. But you have a lot of other uh, complaints for the musculoskeletal system as well. There's uh, joint deterioration and tendinopathies and uh, more injuries like that. So would uh, the center would be the center where you could go for one stop for all these injuries. So you get the best advice on prevention. Uh, you get best uh, advice on what sports types would be good for this particular phase in life and for uh, this particular uh, patient or athlete and you would get the best treatment advice and that all multidisciplinary so it would be a sports medicine physician it would be uh, that would should be in the in the lead there uh, being the case manager or whatever role you want to take that there should be a sports orthopedic or sports traumatologist. There should be a manual therapist, physiotherapist, uh, dietitians. Uh, the whole scale should be there. Uh, in the Netherlands, we have uh, movement scientists. Uh, uh, they are very high level, and it's all a little bit different, but they're all focused on this one thing, and it is um, taking care of. Uh, people that participate in sports on all kinds of levels. And I think in the Netherlands, we have a small country with a, a, a generation or two generations of people that uh, luckily have a very high level, but a very high level of interest in making the best out of life for their patients and for themselves as well. So would love it to combine that. And uh, the dream is shared, uh, for, for example, by you and uh, by Simon van der but also by the guys from uh, VMC in Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. And uh, talking about the steps that we made is that we made each other see that uh, if you work together as a team, it seems very simple to say that, but uh, it's not been that simple the last 30 years, I think then you get much more than you uh, build up your own individual ego. So I think what brought the last the five, last five years, I think all the egos are uh, uh, going home. And what we have left is a big team to make uh, something really nice happen in the Netherlands. So it started with uh, AISS, so Amsterdam Institute of Sports Science. Um, that was uh, yeah, that officially started two weeks ago. Ah, that's, so that's very recent. That's quite recent. Yeah. Recent news 
then most of us uh, got into holidays, <laughs> so they'll get back and hear this, so that's good. And then uh, that is two universities that are involved. There's uh, University of Amsterdam and uh, Free University and there's Hogeschool uh, van Amsterdam. And there's uh, the NSC NSF, there's the Sportsartse Group and uh, there's a lot of uh, players involved. All of us wanting the same thing actually in the end and that is uh, uh, also this medical part in there. Mm-hmm. Because it's only a part of it, there's a lot of education in there, there's a, a big part of science and there's the, the clinical care for the patients as well. So do I understand you correctly that it has already started in a sense? In a sense a bit, yeah. If you uh, think of uh, of the question, then I think, oh yeah, we did make some steps in the AMC, in the Academic Medical Center. We started with the ACES, mm-hmm. uh, Academic Center of Evidence-Based Sports Medicine. Um, and we made small steps there that uh, our hospital is now uh, interested in uh, the sports medicine in itself, uh, knows what sports medicine is all about. That is a little bit different from sports somatology, for mm-hmm. example, and um, that indeed also, for example, for uh, people with uh, hemophilia that participate in sports, it's very good to have the right care and to do prevention. And that for patients with uh, hemophilia, it's now proven uh, evidence-based that they feel a lot better in life if they participate in sports. However, then you have the deterioration of the joints and you have uh, precautions to, uh, that need to be taken for that. So it's a, a very broad field and I think everybody really starts to realize now. Also, if uh, people from the board of hospitals and uh, ministers get interested themselves, it helps to have some insight in what happens to you if, you, if you, you're not able to move, if you want to move. So I think that's a basic there. What needs now is some more uh, space for uh, different people like Lobet. <laughs> We're we working on that to transfer for, for a part of your life. That would be very, uh, very nice. So I think what we made some steps that look small. If you uh, if you look at the paper, you think, oh, there's quite some things that happened actually. But a lot needs uh, to happen. So I think the Netherlands uh, we work uh, together nicely at the moment. I think with the the, the whole wind that uh, that went through the uh, National Olympic Committee is very good that they said, okay, let's line up and just take, uh, put the patient central. Yeah. And that's what we did in the AMC as well, just copy that principle, put the patient central uh, and th- so put the athlete central and make the rest a little bit less important. So there's a lot of positive vibe I think if, so, yeah. if, if yeah. I hear you. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, well, thank you. Is there anything else you would like to add to our audience? Anything else you would like to no. To say, discuss. I would to say I'm very happy with you as uh, being <laughs> well, one of my colleagues and friends and uh, thank you for this uh, great interview. My pleasure and I'm glad my patients can always uh, count on you. Thank you very thank much you. for your time. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you.